Memphis Media Networks. This is America's First News. This morning with your host, Gordon Deal. Fear of floods. Good morning, I'm Gordon Deal, along with Nicole Murray on this Tuesday, February 20th. Glad you could be with us. Here's what we have for you this hour. An atmospheric river isn't done with California yet. Rain and strong winds will continue to hit southern counties today and tomorrow. In sports, William Byron won the Daytona 500, and UConn's Gino Oriema became the second winning as college basketball coach. Politics. This is an election year. That's more about age and forgetfulness than taxes and foreign policy. We'll have an analysis. And the immigration wave in the U.S. may make the economy bigger, but not necessarily better. After after a decade or so, you know, they think that kind of... It, it, at a per worker level, things are going to be a little bit down. It's not much. It's about, um, I think the number is 1.7% lower on, on wages and salaries. Paul Kiernan at the Wall Street Journal on an economic windfall with a catch. The widow of Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny is pledging to continue his fight for a free Russia while directly accusing President Vladimir Putin of killing her husband. With her voice cracking at times in a video posted to social media, Yulia Navalnaya alleged that officials' refusal to hand over the body to her mother-in-law was part of a cover-up. Daryl Blocker is former CIA and now a contributor to ABC News. Everybody knows why he's not turned over. They'll figure out that Yes, he was uh, poisoned in 2020, but he was probably poisoned again. Authorities are denying his mother access to a morgue where his body is believed to be held after his death last week in an Arctic penal colony. Russian authorities said the cause of Navalny's death Friday at age 47 is still unknown. Many Western leaders have already said they hold Putin responsible for the death. President Biden, meanwhile, said yesterday the U.S. is considering, quote, additional sanctions on Russia for Navalny's death, which he previously blamed on Vladimir Putin, quote, and his thugs. Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley has been crisscrossing her home state of South Carolina ahead of this Saturday's primary election, but has largely failed to chip away at Donald Trump's lead of roughly 30 points or more. She campaigned yesterday in Sumter. Trump is siding with a thug where half a million have been wounded or murdered because Putin invaded Ukraine. He sided with a dictator who kills his political opponents. South Carolina Senator Tim Scott, who backs Trump. If you can't win your home state, there's no other place to win. She's down by at least 25 to 30 points here in South Carolina. The best thing she can do for the nation is to drop out the race, endorse Donald Trump, and let us start focusing on Joe Biden. Meanwhile, Trump today takes part in a town hall event for Fox News in South Carolina at the Greenville Convention Center. It tapes this afternoon and will air this evening on The Ingram Angle. Heavy rainfall will continue drenching Southern California today. Four counties, including Los Angeles, were under a flash flood warning. The National Weather Service says following a brief lull yesterday afternoon, a storm was expected to bring more rainfall and strong winds today and tomorrow. Higher elevation areas in the region can expect heavy snow. San Francisco resident Zoe Kelman. I'm afraid of the flooding for the homeless. I'm very concerned about that, and I think they should open up City Hall and let them... Moderate coastal flooding is expected early today in areas like Malibu and Santa Barbara. An atmospheric river that delivered thunderstorms and hail spared the state major damage as there were no tornadoes, which had been forecast as a possibility. The storm has so far delivered the most rain to southern Santa Barbara County, where the airport was closed 
due to as much as 10 inches of rain falling by noon and covering runways with water. In the San Fernando Valley, drivers dealt with potholes worsened by the recent rains. This year, Dell Technologies wants to help you do amazing things with their best tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, powered by Intel Core processors and more. Plus, curate your dream setup with great deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge technology to match your forward-thinking spirit and free shipping on everything. Again, that's dell.com deals. Hey, glad you're with us. Welcome into Tuesday. The emerging front in the presidential campaign is not an argument over ideology, but chronology and who has the vitality to do the job. Here's Adam Wren, national politics correspondent at Politico. Adam, explain. Yeah, Gordon. Uh, so essentially, we've, we've sort of always seen this coming, this matchup between the two oldest partisan nominees ever, uh, Trump at 77 Biden uh, at 81, you know, essentially they are both sides, Republican and Democrat, are going at each other for their age. Uh, The uh, Democrats are calling Trump confused frequently in press releases. And of course, uh, Republicans are really threatened to make threatened to make Biden's age uh, after the her report an issue. We know uh, congressional Republicans hope to have hearings, hope to have her testify in front of Congress. And this could really be an issue for weeks going into the primary. We know 59 percent of Americans think both nominees are too old. And so age is becoming an issue in this presidential race as we head into the general election, uh, unlike any other general election matchup we've seen in the history of America. Boy, I, you know, you bring up this fascinating stat, right? 59% of voters uh, think these candidates are too old. Then how did we get here? How are they the leaders for both parties in this race? You know, we saw a number of younger competitors uh, try to take on Trump during the primary. Uh, But voters really had no concerns, at least on the Republican side, about Trump's age. They saw in him kind of a person full of vitality, someone who does rallies for more than an hour at a time uh, and, and had no issues. They liked the policy that he was selling. And youth for them was not an issue in the primary. For Democrats, uh, uh, on the other hand, you know, there was a moment when Biden said prior to prior to taking office that he would be a bridge to a younger generation of Democrats. That may still be possible, but it's not happening in 2024. Um, You know, people like Pete Buttigieg, uh, Kamala Harris. Uh, you know, the governor of California, uh, Governor Newsom, these people are sort of held in the wings uh, as they watch an an 81 year old uh, presumptive nominee head to the general election. And, and, you know, they are not challenging him. They they believe that he's beaten uh, Trump, uh, the only person to do that, by the way, once before, and he can do it again. And Biden believes that as well. And that's why he's uh, running again for reelection. We're speaking with Adam Wren, national politics correspondent at Politico. He's written a story that's entitled Biden versus Trump, the battle over who's too old, too forgetful or too confused. Uh, Meanwhile, in the back of the classroom and perhaps far back in the polls as well is Nikki Haley trying to make news of this as well. That's right. You know, Nikki Haley has gone so far as to pass out cognitive tests uh, at her rallies. Uh, You know, she's really running against both candidates, Donald Trump and Joe Biden, uh, on their age. You know, one of her defining uh, characteristics of, of her campaign 
uh, starting early last year was to call for mental uh, cognitive exams for uh, presidential candidates over 75, which, of course, uh, hits both Donald Trump and, and Joe Biden. Uh, and so she's really made this an issue. And we know that it's actually a trickling to down ballot races as well. Katie Porter, uh, who's running for Senate in California just this past week, uh, you know, said that we should look at an age limit for presidential uh, nominees. And so this is an issue, the issue of how old is too old to be president. It's really filtering across the country in a way that it never has before. And of course, you know, part of this is just the fact that Americans, uh, uh, presidential candidates included, are living longer. They're living longer, healthier lives. And so as time progresses, we're likely to run into this issue uh, more and more. I talked to one historian, Craig Shirley, the uh, Ronald Reagan biographer uh, who's on the conservative side of the aisle. And, you know, he told me that, you know, this is all sort of a pendulum that in 2028, we're likely to see all of this pent up political ambition on both the Republican side and the Democratic side spill over as younger nominees, uh, you know, see Donald Trump and Joe Biden exit stage left. And, you know, with all this pent up ambition they have, uh, run. And so this is just at a unique moment, hinge moment in American political history where we have two nominees, the ages of which we've never seen before. Thanks, Adam. Adam Wren, national politics correspondent at Politico. 20 minutes after the hour on This Morning, here's Nicole Murray. And now, the three big things you need to know. Number one. The family of Alexei Navalny has reportedly been told his body will not be released for two weeks so Russian officials can complete a chemical analysis. A Navalny supporter attending a vigil in Rome. I'm here because uh, I'm really sad about the death of Alexei Navalny. And uh, I feel that I'm really disappointed uh, in my government. Widow of the Russian opposition leader Yulia Navalnaya has vowed to continue her husband's mission to end Putin's reign of power over Russia. Number two. Former UN Ambassador Nikki Haley says she is the lone remaining Republican presidential candidate who can unite Americans. Haley commented on former President Donald Trump's opposition to the foreign aid package that would have implemented new immigration laws at a, re at a recent rally. We can't wait one day to pass a strong border bill. So Congress needs to get in a room and figure it out, and Donald Trump needs to stay out of it and let us get our Americans safe. The next GOP primary is set for February 24th in South Carolina. Number three. A man who died after fatally shooting two police officers and a firefighter in Minneapolis, Minnesota, was not legally allowed to have guns. Court records show 38-year-old Shannon Godden was previously convicted of assault and was entangled in a years-long dispute over the custody and financial support of his three oldest children. Officials say a student has been taken into custody in connection with a double homicide at the University of Colorado, Colorado Springs campus. 25-year-old Nicholas Jordan is facing two counts of first-degree murder for the deaths of the two victims who were found shot dead in a dorm room last week. The FDA has given the green light to a medication to help reduce severe reactions to food allergies for items like milk, eggs, and nuts. The drug, called Zolaire, is meant to be taken every few weeks to lower reactions, but it will not come cheap. The Associated Press reports it will cost $2,900 per month for kids and $5,000 monthly for adults. Wow. All right. Thank you, Nicole. Pure Opportunity. It's what Michigan is all about. The opportunity to do more the opportunity for all businesses to reach their full potential. 
Visit michiganbusiness.org slash radio to discover all the ways the MEDC is helping Michigan thrive. Glad you could be with us. Future rules on capital gains are easily the top tax concern of voters as they look toward November's presidential election, at least according to MarketWatch. But Andrew Keshner, tax guy at MarketWatch, says the problem is people are still waiting for lots of answers from presidential candidates when it comes to tax policy. Andy, who has said what? Yeah, so President Joe Biden, he's really the only one who has some serious specifics on what he wants to do about capital gains. Um, And what he wants to do is if you are a very rich household, um, if you make uh, more than a million dollars, he wants to more than double your rate. Um, Right now it goes um, 0%, 15% and 20%, depending on how much money you make. That 20 is for, you know, the, the, the top. I don't know the exact threshold. But if you make a million, he wants it to, well, he wants to raise the top rate for very high earners, not for everyone in that top rate, but very high earners who wants to hire. And he wants the capital gains rate to match that. And he also wants to bump up an extra little tax, uh, the net investment income tax that's currently 3.8% to make it 5%. Mm. Uh, and this is according to um, what has been previously said on the campaign in the way back when. Uh, in in 2020, but also in uh, budget proposals now. So um, he's that's that's pretty specific. Um, but uh, uh, as for uh, as for Nikki Haley, um, as for former President Donald Trump, uh, there's very few specifics on what they'd want to do. Interesting. Okay. Uh, so they've been mostly quiet on that. That's yeah. I mean, generally speaking, I talked to. Um, tax policy uh, experts who you know really try and listen to all the details on uh, what candidates are saying and specifics and you know trying to read the tea leaves on what they do if they became president. Um, and two of them have said that look at this point there's really um, just a lot of generalities and no specifics and very few numbers and. Um, and I mean, to be honest, they're they're not expecting it to become a, 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 a tax a tax wonk fest. Uh, okay. the campaign at uh, 2024. Yeah, we're speaking with Andy Keshner, the tax guy at Market Watch. He's written a piece called "Where Trump, Biden, and Haley Stand on Capital Gains, the Child Tax Credit, and Other Key Tax Questions." What about the child tax credit? So this is an interesting one because um, uh, actually in our totally informal poll uh, behind capital gains, this was the second most, second biggest concern. Um, And uh, what's actually happening right now is there is a proposal that passed the House. um, It is in the Senate right now um, that would make this credit um, a little bit more generous at the bottom end to get that money to people faster. uh, at the bottom end, just kind of relaxing calculations. I, I won't bore you by getting into. Um, but the the backstory is, is that this credit, um, if Congress doesn't do anything at the end of 2025, this con- this credit shrinks. Um, it, it shrinks. Uh, and so do so does the sta- standard deduction. So do tax other tax rates. Um, and so this is something that, you know, there's 
questions on where it goes in the future. Thanks, Andy. Andrew Keshner, tax guy at MarketWatch. 30 minutes now after the hour on This Morning, America's First News. What does the future of mobility in Michigan sound like? It's the sound of new EV charging stations at our state parks. Discover all the ways MEDC is driving next-gen mobility in Michigan at michiganbusiness.org slash radio. Cutting through the clutter to bring you the people and stories that matter to you. You're listening to America's First News this morning with Gordon Deal. Welcome into Tuesday, February 20th. Gordon Deal with Nicole Murray. Some of our top stories and headlines. An atmospheric river continues battering California. A marriage of the two largest credit card companies, Capital One, is buying Discover. The war has caused a 19% drop in Israel's economy. More and more physicians say if you're healthy, you can probably skip your annual physical. A drunk man in India in search of a selfie was killed by a lion after climbing into the animal's enclosure. William Byron captured the rain-delayed Daytona 500 and the Navy wife with a big surprise for her husband. That story in about 20 minutes. The influx of millions of unauthorized migrants in recent years has sparked a political firestorm that's paralyzed Congress and consumed election campaigns, as you know. But it also has a benefit, a bigger, faster-growing economy. The precise scale of that economic boost was laid out in the recent Congressional Budget Office Long-Term Budget and Economic Outlook. Analysis from Paul Kiernan, reporter at The Wall Street Journal. Paul, give us takeaways. Well, so for the economy at the highest level, which is what um, so the story was based on a Congressional Budget Office report, um, CBO is a nonpartisan, uh, nonpartisan agency here in D.C. Um, and at, at the highest level, you know, talking about the macro economy, um, it's a pretty simple mathematic effect when you get more, um, when you get an uptick in immigration, you get more people, more workers, uh, more economic growth, and, um, and more tax revenue. And so what the CBO is projecting is that the economy uh, by 2033 will be about 2% bigger than they thought one year ago. Um, they are projecting 5 million more, uh, potential workers in the labor force and, um, a smaller federal deficit in, uh, in 2033 compared with, with what they thought last year. So that's the high level effect. Okay. The, point you made in the story about a bigger economy does not mean a better economy. Explain that. Right. So a bigger economy is not, you know, necessarily good for the people who, um, you know, are already here, who already have jobs, already employed. Um, that really depends on the, on, on the productivity of the economy and kind of average wages. And, um, it's really early days to make uh, to, to make projections, but what the CBO thinks is that um, there's going to be a slight drag on the economy's overall productivity, uh, mainly in the next in the next four to five years. Um, and so, they, but you know, through the end of the decade, uh, you know, wages average wage is going to be a little bit lower. They think um, average productivity is going to be a little bit lower. And um, happy to talk about you know the, the, how they get to those um, get to those numbers and, and 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 what the caveats are. But 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 yeah, I mean after after a decade or so, um, you know they, they think that kind of 
at a per worker level, um, things are going to be a little bit down. It's not much. It's about, um, I think the number is 1.7% lower on, uh, on wages and salaries. Well, we're speaking with Paul Kiernan, reporter at the Wall Street Journal. He's got a story called Immigration Wave Delivers Economic Windfall, But There's a Catch. And, and none of the economic stuff that we've done here or that you put in your story uh, has been discussed in any of this recent border policy negotiations on Capitol Hill, right? Yeah, right. I mean, it's uh, the, 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 I think I described it as a fire, the political firestorm over immigration is um, very focused on kind of national security and, you know, uh, who's coming in and, and the number of people who are flying across the border um, all of which, to be fair, you know, is uh, kind of uncertain. We don't, and, and one of the challenges to the economic forecasts is that we don't know, we don't have a whole lot of data on the people who are coming in. I mean, uh, we have sort of the countries and regions they're coming from. Um, and, you know, we, we think that the, the biggest cohort is from kind of poor communities in Latin America, Um so I think Venezuela and Central America and Mexico. Um, and so, and so, you know, what that means is that their, their, their edu- kind of educational attainment is, is probably a little bit lower than um, immigrants who had come in in, in in the previous decade, which, you know, from 2010 to 2020, um, immigrants, I think, were actually, uh, you know, more highly educated than the average American. Mm. Um, so that's probably not the case with this group. And as a result, they're likely to take um, lower wage jobs that are, that are you know, produ- productivity is a little bit lower. And so it, the composition of the U.S. labor force changes a little bit at the margin. And, and so that's why the CBO is projecting that, you know, average wages might be a little bit lower and average productivity might be a little lower. Thanks, Paul. Paul Kiernan, reporter at The Wall Street Journal. Today's mic drop is brought to you by Dell. For your small business needs, call a Dell Technologies advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL. Thanks for being with us. Welcome into Tuesday. It is time now for the mic drop with this morning's Dom Savino. Good morning, Gordon. Porch pirates have unfortunately become an all-too-common thing. But what about pooch pirates? A woman in Tennessee who was waiting for an Amazon delivery says her neighbor's dog is the culprit in the case of a missing pair of shoes. The woman explains she recently got an alert from Amazon saying the basketball sneakers she ordered for her son had been delivered. But when she went to her porch to retrieve the package, it was nowhere to be found. That's when she checked her doorbell camera and found the neighbor's dog lingering outside, first inspecting the box and then snatching it with its teeth and scampering away. The woman says she eventually found the delivery nearby, the box completely shredded, the sneakers still usable but scarred with a couple bite marks. Perhaps worst of all, the doorbell footage shows the woman's own dog sitting just steps away from the whole scene, watching on without a care in the world as the grifter next door makes off with the loot. Wow. Yeah. Come on. Useless. What are you doing, dog? <laughs> no barking, nothing? Just sitting Not there watching? With a toy. Wow. My dogs, uh, two of them probably would have leapt through the glass <laughs> oh, and gone after this dog. <laughs> yeah, I have, well, I have one psycho dog for sure who, who would have done that. The, the, other, others, the yeah. others would have barked, and that would have inspired the crazy dog to <laughs> right. leap through the glass and attack this dog who was stealing the shoes. <laughs> I feel like uh, doorbell cameras, though, now have or could have their own like YouTube channel. Absolutely. There's so much of this stuff. 
that yeah. makes news. We had the story the other day about uh, the the raccoon the stealing raccoon? The, the, yeah. taco, the tacos. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, so but the chocolate lab I have is not the crazy one, though does like shoes, but only to cuddle with them. Hmm. Like she doesn't chew them. All that right. any any clean clothing or dirty laundry for that matter <laughs> is fine by her as long as she can cuddle with it. I don't know if it's the scent of like the family that she likes or. Just likes being a scooch. I don't know what it is, but uh, she just likes to cuddle with clothing. A much less destructive, at the very least. Yeah, yeah. When she was little, shoes shoes were not safe, but she stopped chewing them at least and destroying them. Oh, it's good. It's somewhere so around your teenage years. You she's stop. maturing. Yeah, yeah, she's maturing, which we like. For whatever it's worth, the the dog that didn't do anything is a great Pyrenees and lab mix. A one year old. I don't know if that hmm. makes him any more or okay. less. He's still likely. learning his way about defending the house, perhaps. <laughs> right, the role around or the house. Or deliveries on the porch, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. And, uh, Gordon, for years, parents have told their kids to stop sticking their fingers up their nose, but they never said anything about matchsticks. <laughs> and so, a 39-year-old Danish man has earned one of the more unusual Guinness World Records for stuffing 68 matchsticks into his nostrils. The man says he got the idea for the record-breaking feat after searching for fun records he could possibly achieve. He and I have different definitions of the word fun. <laughs> the nose stuffer says fitting 68 matches into his nostrils didn't really hurt, which he credits to his stretchy skin and having a large nose. He's not ruling out a future bid to increase his world record, but says in order to do so, he probably needs training. Hmm. I like that. He just searched for fun records he could possibly achieve. Like, when I think of a record, I think years of training and stuff like that. But he just, just grabbed some matchsticks and started shoving them up his nose. And, hey, guess what? Guinness will make a record for you if you do stuff like that. It sounds like a fun Friday night to me. Yeah, his kids must be so proud in school. <laughs> oh, God. Hey, I saw what your dad did. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. This year, Dell Technologies wants to help you do amazing things with their best tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, powered by Intel Core processors and more. Plus, curate your dream setup with great deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge technology to match your forward-thinking spirit and free shipping on everything. Again, that's dell.com deals. Glad you could be with us. Welcome into Tuesday. This portion of the program is brought to you by UMA. Copper lines are going away, driving up the price of home phone service. Start saving with UMA. Go to OOMA.com to learn more. Some studies show that up to 85% of adults over 60 experience regular pain that disrupts their daily lives. However, you may be shocked to learn there is no inevitable physiological process that older people experience that's guaranteed to cause pain. NextAvenue.org puts together tips for treating chronic pain with exercise for adults over 60. Number one, get medically evaluated first to understand the source of your pain and get cleared for physical activity. Number two, consult a physical therapist if possible. Number three, work with a qualified and experienced fitness pro, one who's worked with older adults. Number four, go slow. Older adults with complex medical conditions will likely require more rest between sessions as they adjust. Eight minutes now in front of the hour on this morning. Once again, here's Nicole Murray. And now, the three big things you need to know. Number one. Local Texas leaders and organizations have gathered to inform residents about Senate Bill 4, which gives law enforcement officers authority to detain and even deport undocumented migrants. Texas Sheriff Larry Smith. We're not going to profile. We're not going to treat anybody any differently than we want to be treated. 
However, we are going to enforce the statutes that are enforceable uh, put forth by our lawmakers in Austin. The law is set to go into effect on March 5th. Number two. An atmospheric river storm continues to pound Southern California with thunderstorms, heavy rain, and hail. Higher elevation areas in the region can expect heavy snow. Concerns have mounted over landslides, dangerous potholes, and even forcing Santa Barbara Airport to close due to flooding. Denise Duncan, who works at a flight school in Solano County. My personal concern is that the aircraft are tied down well enough because if they get loose, it's all bad. The National Weather Service says the storm will continue into Wednesday. Number three. Israel has ordered new evacuations from parts of Gaza City after a United Nations Children's Agency study found one in six kids in the territory are acutely malnourished. The group also says more than 90% of children under five in Gaza eat two or fewer food groups a day. Israel's assaults launched in response to Hamas's October 7th attack has killed over 29,000 Palestinians and displaced more than 80% of the population. Missouri's House has passed a bill to ban celebratory gunfire in cities less than a week after the deadly shooting at the Super Bowl victory parade. One, one, one woman was killed and 22 others injured in a shooting that resulted from a dispute between several people. William Byron has been declared as the winner of the Daytona 500, leading in just the final four laps. A massive crash involving 18 of the 40 cars on lap 193 pushed the 26-year-old driver to the lead of the pack, Byron, after the win. To make it to the Daytona 500 and win the race is pretty amazing. So it's, um, I'm just so thankful. I got a great team. Cool. 26 years old, gets his first win. Some guys drive a lifetime, right, trying to, trying to win that big one. Cool. And after such an insane crash. Oh, those cra- crashes that for NASCAR at the end of races are insane. Thank you, Nicole. If you still have landline phone service, you may have noticed that your monthly bills have been skyrocketing. That's because the FCC no longer regulates copper lines and phone companies are jacking up the price of their service. UMA is an internet home phone service that lets you keep enjoying the safety and peace of mind of a home phone without paying an arm and a leg. In fact, with a one-time purchase of the UMA Tello, you get internet home phone service for free. All you pay are applicable taxes and fees. Unlike mobile phones, UMA has address-based 911, so dispatchers will know exactly where to find you in an emergency. In the event you call 911, UMA can send a text alert to loved ones. UMA even includes a free mobile app so you can take your home number on the go. And don't worry, you can keep your home phone number for a one-time fee or get a new one for free. Setup is easy. It takes less than 10 minutes. Stop paying too much for home phone service. Visit UMA.com slash Gordon Deal today to get a special discount. That's O-O-M-A dot com slash Gordon Deal. Glad you're with us. A military wife recently surprised her husband with their week-old baby after his boot camp training kept him hundreds of miles away. Ashley Rodriguez Paez of Pensacola, Florida, gave birth to her daughter Lila February 1st. Fox News says at the time her husband was going through Navy boot camp training in Great Lakes, Illinois. How about this for timing? Her husband, Roger, originally from Venezuela, became a U.S. citizen the day Lila was born. A week after Lila's birth, he graduated from boot camp. Ashley then decided to make the trek to see her husband. Heartwarming video that's gone viral showed the couple embracing as the new dad held his daughter for the first time. Roger will now go through tech school at Great Lakes. The couple then plans to move with their little girl to San Diego from there. That'll do it for this hour. For Nicole Murray and Dom Savino, I'm Gordon Deal. Thanks for listening to This Morning, America's First News.